Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Veterinary Voice with Dr. Jackie, Episode 1. Today, we are going to be talking about feline immunodeficiency virus, also known as FIV. Feline immunodeficiency virus is a feline-only retrovirus and was first discovered in 1986. FIV weakens a cat's immune system, which means that a cat with FIV is more prone to getting other infections. In spite of this, recent studies suggest that cats with FIV commonly live normal lifespans, as long as they're not also infected with the feline leukemia virus. We'll touch upon the feline leukemia virus in another episode. FIV-infected cats are found worldwide. In the United States, approximately 1.5 to 3% of healthy cats are infected with FIV. Because biting is the most efficient means of viral transmission, free-roaming, aggressive male cats are the most frequently infected, while cats housed exclusively indoors are much less likely to be infected. Transmission, or spread of the virus, is usually via two main routes. An infected mother cat can transfer FIV antibodies to her kittens. This may lead to the kittens testing positive from their mother's antibodies until they have cleared them from their immune system. This usually happens about six months of age. Kittens should be retested for antibodies around six months of age or older to ensure that they have cleared the antibodies. However, the most common route of infection is still a deep bite wound from an FIV-positive cat to another. Today, FIV is not considered the death sentence it once was, and it is now known that FIV-positive cats can actually live really long and healthy lives. Despite this, there are still many stigmas surrounding FIV-positive cats. Many shelters and rescues have been trying to get rid of the stigma by promoting adoption of these FIV-positive cats. However, the virus is still largely misunderstood. Early in the course of the infection, the virus is carried to nearby lymph nodes in the body, where it then reproduces in the white blood cells known as T-lymphocytes. The virus then spread to other lymph nodes throughout the body, resulting in a generalized but usually temporary enlargement of the lymph nodes. A lot of this is often accompanied by a fever. This stage of the infection may pass unnoticed unless the lymph nodes are greatly enlarged. Poor hair coat, persistent fever, and loss of appetite are all common signs of infected cats. Inflammation of the gums, also known as gingivitis, or inflammation of the mouth, known as stomatitis, and or chronic recurrent infections of the skin, eyes, urinary bladder, and upper respiratory tracts are often present. FIV cats are more prone to certain kinds of cancer or blood diseases. However, it is nearly impossible to predict which FIV-positive cat may develop this, similar to being able to predict which non-FIV-positive cats may develop cancer, diabetes, or even kidney disease in their lifetime. To diagnose an FIV infection, blood samples are examined for the presence of antibodies to the FIV virus. FIV antibodies can be detected using a number of techniques, including what's called an enzyme-linked immunosorbent assay, or an ELISA, a Western blot, or an immunofluorescence assay, also known as an IFA. These techniques are dependent upon the cat mounting an immune response to the FIV virus. If the cat has not had sufficient time after exposure to the virus to mount an immune response, or if the cat can simply not mount an immune response due to immunosuppression, antibodies may not be able to be detected in a cat that is actually infected with FIV. The next step after that would be to run what's called an FIV PCR. An FIV PCR test is used to try and detect small samples of DNA from the virus present within the blood sample. A positive FIV PCR result indicates the presence of FIV DNA within the blood test submitted and thus confirms the FIV infection. 
FIV vaccination does not interfere with the FIV PCR testing. However, a negative FIV PCR result indicates that no DNA in the sample was detected, which does not officially rule out infection because the DNA in the sample may be below the limit that the test is able to detect, or the sample may contain an uncommon strain that is actually not detected by the PCR. A negative test does not confirm that a positive serologic or the antibody result was actually due to vaccination. A licensed veterinarian will help you determine which test is best to determine the FIV status of your cat. Unfortunately, there is currently no definitive cure for FIV. FIV-infected cats should ideally be spayed and neutered and should be confined indoors to prevent the spread of FIV infection to other cats in the neighborhood and to try and reduce their exposure to infectious agents carried by other animals. They should also be fed a nutritionally complete and balanced diet, and uncooked foods such as raw meat and eggs and unpasteurized dairy products should generally be avoided to minimize the risk of foodborne bacterial and or parasitic infections. Veterinarian visits for FIV-infected cats should be scheduled at least every six months to a year. A detailed physical exam of all the body systems will be performed by your veterinarian with special attention to the health of the gums, eyes, skin, and local lymph nodes. Your cat's weight will be measured accurately and recorded because weight loss is often the first sign of deterioration. Blood work to monitor the vital organ systems is recommended yearly for oral cats, especially those who are FIV positive. Close monitoring of the health and behavior of an FIV-infected cat is even more important than for an uninfected cat. Immediately alert your veterinarian to any changes in your cat's health. Early intervention is definitely the key to recovering from an illness. While some antiviral therapies have been shown to benefit some FIV-infected cats with seizures or even stomatitis, also known as inflammation of the mouth, and to decrease the amount of virus that they shed into the environment, there is no definitive evidence that any antiviral therapy will prolong lives of cats with FIV. The development of an effective treatment option for FIV is still the subject of significant research at the current time. Within the last year, a new treatment has been brought to my attention, and I've been using it in my FIV and even feline leukemia patients. This treatment is also called T-Site. It was developed by a human immunologist. I will actually be doing an IG Live session regarding this treatment. We will discuss the science behind it, a roundabout cost for the treatment, and the pros and cons for the treatment as well. I will also be discussing some of my favorite herbal supplements and immune support items during that Instagram Live session. Vaccines to help protect against FIV infection are now available, although these are not considered core vaccine for cats. Not all vaccinated cats will be protected by the vaccine, so preventing exposure is important, even for vaccinated cats. As discussed before, vaccination will impact future FIV test results. It is important that you discuss the advantages and disadvantages of vaccination with your veterinarian to help you decide whether FIV vaccines should be administered to your cat. I will be placing the AAFP, also known as the American Association of Feline Practitioners, Feline Vaccination Advisory Panel Report as of 2013 on our website, www.theveterinaryvoice.com. This has a complete report of vaccination guidelines and also has some good files on different feline infectious diseases, including FIV. Luckily, the FIV virus does not survive more than a few hours in most environments. However, FIV-infected cats are frequently infected with other infectious agents that may pose some threat to a newcomer or new kitten with a developing immune system. 
For these reasons, a thorough cleaning and disinfection or replacement of all food and water dishes, bedding, litter pans, and toys should be considered prior to any newcomer into the household. Although FIV is similar to HIV in humans, it is a highly species-specific virus that only infects cats. There is currently no evidence that FIV can infect or cause disease in humans. Now that we have talked about clinical signs, diagnosis, management, and prevention of FIV, I will answer some questions from our Instagram post earlier this week. The first question is from Michelle, who lives in Queens, New York. She states that she recently rescued and adopted a cat from a local colony, and he is FIV positive. She is wondering if there's any daily immune booster that can be given to help her cat. So the answer is yes. I have a few all-natural and herbal supplements that I've been using that I really like and I really feel like they seem to help. I'm actually going to do an Instagram live session on Monday, October 7th at 7 p.m. Eastern time to further discuss all the varying treatments that I personally like and use and have had success with in the FIP positive cats. After the Instagram live session, I'm going to place all the information and the links to all my favorite items on our website, www.theveterinaryvoice.com. The second question is from Elaine, who is from Alexandria, Virginia. She wants to know if it is costly to have an FIV positive cat, and if so, are there any options to offset the cost? So I usually try and encourage my pet owners to get pet insurance, although I will say companies can definitely vary significantly. If owners are willing to do some research on the current pet insurance plans, they can actually get an idea of what the monthly cost would be to have proper coverage. Unfortunately, most of the pet insurance companies exclude FIV-associated conditions. That being said, if owners are willing to do monthly installments for a pet insurance plan, I would consider setting up a savings account for my pet instead. You can transfer small increments or the same amount of money you would to pay a pet insurance plan and place it into the savings account to have in the future as a cushion. Although FIV cats are more predisposed to developing secondary health issues, no one can truly predict which of those FIV cats will experience more health problems in comparison to any other quote-unquote healthy animal throughout its lifetime. The third question is from Leanne, who is from Texas. She wants to know if a cat that has been vaccinated for FIV can still contract FIV. So to start off, the answer is yes, they can. So FIV actually has multiple subtypes of the virus, and the vaccine is only potentially efficacious for one or possibly two of the subtypes. So vaccination against FIV is considered controversial amongst most clinicians. It isn't considered one of the core vaccines, but it may be recommended for cats at high risk of exposure, such as outdoor cats or cats living with an FIV-infected cat. Each situation is definitely unique, and your veterinarian should be consulted to see if vaccination is appropriate for your pet. The fourth and final question is from Gina, who lives in Miami, Florida. She has a 10-year-old FIV-positive cat who is currently healthy. She wants to know if FIV eventually turns into FELV or the feline leukemia virus. Thank goodness and luckily no, it does not. Feline leukemia is a completely different virus. A future episode of the podcast will address this virus that is so often confused with FIV. Thank you, thank you everyone for tuning in. I'm going to be placing several items on our website that include the references for this discussion, educational blogs and files that I recommend reading on FIV, and a link to the treatment items I currently use. 
All of those items should be available on the website between October 5th and October 8th. Stay tuned for our next episode, which will feature Dr. Matthew Morgan, who is a board-certified small animal surgeon and personal friend of mine. We will be discussing why cruciate ligament, or ACL disease, is so common amongst dogs. And as the famous Bob Barker would say, help control the pet population. Have your pets spayed and neutered. Looking forward to the next episode. Bye, guys.